Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Internet Cafe with your host, Wanda Williams. I have a fabulous guest today, Chris Ott from ACLU. Oh, we have so much to talk about today. There's so much going on in Milwaukee, and we'll be right back. Right, we are back. We are back again. This is Internet Cafe with your host Wanda Williams. I am here today with Chris Ott from the ACLU, and we're going to be talking about some really important topics and informing us about what's going on in Milwaukee and probably all over the country because your organization is everywhere. Good evening, Chris. Yeah. How are you? Good, Wanda. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. You just came from a meeting. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, I, uh, the ACLU of Wisconsin, we have a chapter here in Milwaukee, and they organized an event tonight at a place called the River West Public House, you know, sort of a, sort of a neighborhood bar. And um, we had a talk there uh, tonight with one of our lawyers and one of our organizers, and actually one of our clients, talking about the lawsuit that we have going on right now against the Milwaukee Police Department. Uh, we filed this, uh, this case back in February uh, asking for an end to the, the, essentially the racial profiling that the Milwaukee Police Department does. Uh, we want them to train the police to, you know, to not do these things that they're subjecting tens of thousands of people of color to every year, and we want them to release, uh, to, col- to collect and release the data on on this, so that we can see, so that we and others can see if they're making progress in uh, in fixing the problem. And we had just a great turnout. Um, so thanks everybody who who came there tonight. Fabulous. Now, I'm going to ask this question. It may be a crazy question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do you know that they're racially uh, profiling minorities? How how do you know? what? uh, you have criteria or uh, more people are complaining? How do you know they are profiling? That is not a crazy question at all. That's a great question, and I'm happy to talk about that. Um, One of the – well, you know, for people who might not um, know the situation, and I know that you have listeners from outside, uh, you know, Milwaukee and outside Wisconsin and all over the country, um, but we have a situation here in Milwaukee that's that's like, unfortunately, like uh, the – you know, what people may have heard about in some other cities around the country where the police, uh, you know, over and over and over again, um, they stop black and brown people uh, without any kind of reasonable suspicion for, for making the stop. And, and the way that, you know, to answer your question in a, in a simple way, hopefully, you know, the way that we know that it's racial profiling is that when thousands of times or tens of thousands of times every year, which is, you know, what the numbers look like in Milwaukee, when they stop, um, when they stop people of color and then let them go because they couldn't find anything, um, when you when when that happens over and over and over again, you know what we see the common thread here is the is the race of the people being stopped. You know, if, if they were stopping people and finding that they'd stolen something or drugs or you know whatever it, whatever it is, um, you know that would be one thing. But they're finding people and letting them go, 
um, which which just uh, you know that's that's some of the most powerful evidence that they don't have a reason uh, to stop these people other than the, the the color of their skin. Now I have a question. Now uh, I've had mm-hmm. friends. You know, I've been in this city on and off. I was raised here that will uh, say they were stopped for a traffic violation. Of course, they will run their license, and they may have uh, an infraction of some kind, and then they uh, go to jail um, because of it, or they have a warrant or what have you. If they don't have a warrant or anything, do they say, sorry, never mind, you can go? Or do they still detain them um, as they check? Well, it's, I mean, in, in a lot of cases, they, they are letting people go, uh, though even, even when people are let go, I mean, one thing that we hear a lot uh, from, from our clients and from other people this has happened to is that it's, it's kind of humiliating or aggravating, you know, to have this happen to you, especially if it happens again and again. You're doing nothing wrong, you know, you're just going home from work or walking home from school or whatever it is. Um, and and to just be stopped for no particular reason, it's you know that that bothers people understandably. Um, in in other cases, uh, thing you know that there there is trouble sometimes too. I mean you know we we some of these incidents, these terrible incidents that we've seen on the news, where people have ended up uh, being beaten badly or or even killed. Uh, you know sometimes throw out of these, uh, you know, these, exactly these kinds of stops where someone, you know, seems to be stopped for no particular reason. And then somehow, uh, you know, the situation turns in a, in a bad direction. Yes. Yes, that is. It's, it's true because if the police were to stop me, I'd be terrified. You know, I would be like, Oh my God, you know, I don't have any record. I don't have any, I have my driver's license and everything in order, but, just if they get the wrong person or, you know, or somebody use my, you never know. It's terrifying mm-hmm. when they stop you, and you know you didn't do anything wrong, but you're going through your head, is there anything that I did to, you know, is there anything I did? That has not happened to me, uh, I thank God, because I would be, would be afraid. So mm-hmm. what does your organization do? Uh, you, you're doing the lawsuit, and we're going to come back to that, but um, what does it stand for, the ACLU? And what do you do in our community? Yeah, thanks for the chance to kind of back up and talk about the big picture. The um, ACLU stands for American Civil Liberties Union. And what we do, you know, in a basic kind of way is we work to try to protect people's civil liberties, which means things like the right to free speech, the right to protest, uh, the freedom of religion and belief. And we try to protect people's civil rights, uh, which uh, means things like the right not to be discriminated against in, in various ways. And um, the ACLU does a lot of legal work. Um, you know, we definitely we can't take every case that people bring to us, but we never charge for the, the legal services that we give. Um, and we also do a lot of organizing. And um, you know, here in, for your listeners here in Milwaukee, we do really great work. Uh, in the community here, especially for young people. Um, we do things like education and trainings. Um, and we also uh, we do work in both Madison at the state capitol and, and in, in Washington, D.C., trying to either support mm-hmm. good laws that we think you know, will protect civil rights and civil liberties or, or to stop bad ones. Um, the, the ACLU, we, we work across the country. We have an office in every state. And, um, and here in Wisconsin, we have about 24,000 members um, who are in, in every county in the state. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. 
So how old is the organization and how long have you been in your chapter been in Milwaukee? Um our our Wisconsin chapter was started in 1930 and um wow. the, the national yeah, so we've been around for a pretty long time and the the national wow. ACLU was started uh, we're almost 100 years old. Um and oh it's goodness. it's the the history yeah, if we if we could spend just a, a minute or two on the history, I mean, I, I, I think it's really really interesting. Um, the you know we when you look back at the history of the work that we've done, you know, the ACLU has been involved in some of the most uh, kind of pivotal points in in American history since our founding. We the people who founded us in 1920, one of the main reasons that they founded this organization was to protect immigrants who were being attacked at the time. Um, we uh, we took our the first uh, our our first gay rights and I think our first gay rights case and maybe one of the first in the country in 1936. Um, in 1942, just after the attack on Pearl Harbor, um, the ACLU was nearly alone in opposing the you know the internment of Japanese Americans in this you know on this massive scale, this unjust way that they were rounded up and, and imprisoned. Um, we worked with the uh, the NAACP in the 50s on the landmark Brown versus Board of Education uh, case that that was a victory against racial segregation. Um, in the in the 60s, we we won cases that uh, that helped to overturn laws that prevented uh, even married couples in some states from getting contraception. Um, and in 1967, one of our cases went all the way to the Supreme Court and won, and it struck down the remaining bans in some states that made it illegal for two people of different races to get married. Um, that's so. That's, so that, that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've you know at all these um, you know these important in in these important fights throughout the last you know, almost 100 years, we've we've been there for for an awful lot of them, and we're doing a lot today too, of course. When um, when President Trump got elected last November, we and, and a lot of people were were really worried by uh, the things that he said, the, the the threats that he made, this kind of casual way that he talked about, uh, a lot, you know, lots of different groups of people. Um, and we said that if he actually tried to carry out some of these promises, that we would see him in court, and that's exactly what we've been doing since he came into office. Uh, one of the first things that we did just a week after his inauguration was when the White House announced the Muslim travel ban, we sued immediately. And you know, within, within like 36 hours, um, we got some rulings from courts in places like Boston and New York saying, no, you, know, this, you, you, can't, you can't ban uh, people from coming into the country just on the basis of their religion. Um, so both uh, in, the, in the past and, uh, and, and right now today, you know, we've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of work for for civil rights and, and civil liberties, and and we also just to talk about Wisconsin, since you know at least you and I, and maybe probably some of your listeners are here in Wisconsin. Um, some of the things, some of the work that we have going on here, uh, we have a, a lawsuit against Wisconsin's voter ID law, which has yes, you yes. know by some no, I'm, I'm going to stop you here, kept... Chris. I'm going to interrupt you because I right. want to talk about that specifically just for a minute. Uh, the voter ID okay. thing. Um, mm-hmm. What are you doing about that? Because I think it's horrible. It 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 was struck down, then it came back. What's going on with that? Because it was so much easier to vote when you could just show a piece of um, mail and you voted. 
Uh, now, if you do not have uh, uh, the ID that they want you to have, you cannot mm-hmm. vote. And I think a lot of people are uh, frustrated with that. Um, it was it was so easy. You don't want to be hassled to go vote. It's a, it's a hard enough to get there as it is. You're waiting in line, such and such. But then you have to show ID. Will that law be overturned um, before the next election? Because do you feel that it is stopping people from voting? And maybe that's why when Trump was elected, there were less less people did go out and vote. And how do you feel about that? Tell me about that. Yeah, well, we, I mean, thank you for asking. You know, we, we absolutely hope that this law will be overturned. Uh, you know, we've, we started this, this lawsuit against it uh, several years ago already. It, you know, sometimes these cases take years to work their way through the courts. But that's, that's our goal, to get this law overturned. And, and we do think that, that it's prevented people from voting. It's, it's sometimes hard to know exactly how many it's stopped. But, you know, we think that even, even, even one person uh, not being able to, to use their right to vote is, is too many. It's, it's probably yeah. many more than that. It's, you know, some, by some accounts, it's been 200,000. Know, I saw that number out there a couple of months ago. Um, you know, that's a lot of people. But, but the, it's, the right to vote is a fundamental American right, and, and everybody should be able to do it. We should be making it easier, not harder. And, and right. one, of, one of our clients in this case, you know, she had an interesting story. Unfortunately, she passed away just earlier this summer, but um, oh, so she was a woman named, yeah, I mean, she was just, a, I never got to meet her, but I remember, you know, reading about her over the years. I mean, she was a woman um, named Ruth L. Frank. Um, she lived in a, in a little town um, near Wausau called Brokaw. And mm-hmm. she, if I remember the details right, she had voted in every election since uh, since FDR was president. Uh, and then suddenly when this uh, voter ID law went into effect in, uh, in 2011, she couldn't vote anymore because she didn't, she had been, uh, she, you know, she didn't have her, you know, because she was born in the 20s or whatever it was, she didn't have a right. birth certificate in the right form that they wanted or something like that. And so suddenly after 60 or something years of voting in every election, she couldn't vote anymore. Um, and that's just wrong. And and so that's one of the things that we're we're trying to solve. Is that the young the the woman that Obama helped her uh, get her right to vote? Because there was somebody uh, uh, Obama I, had to help because uh, she didn't have you know some people were born at home they're older adults and mm-hmm. they're born at home they don't have a birth certificate or they never drove mm-hmm. or they don't have any ID. And a lot of them couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't vote because I was shocked that this time when I went to the DMV, um, she said, "Well, in order to get your uh, license renewed, uh, you're going to have to have a birth certificate." Now, for years I've been going, mm-hmm. and I just showed them my old one, and they know it's me. It looks like me, it's me. And she said, "I'm going to let it go this time, but next time when you come in the next eight years, you're going to have to come in mm-hmm. with a uh, birth certificate to prove that this is you." Now, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. You know it. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a hassle ahead, for people. There's a slight, and, there's a slight um, a delay, so go ahead, uh, Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a hassle, and, and people shouldn't have to go through this. I mean, the, 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 one of the reasons that they give for having passed this law is voter fraud. They say that there's this, you know, this huge problem of 
people, I don't know, you know, impersonating somebody else, I guess, and, and mm. voting uh, more than once or something like that. And there's there's no evidence that this happens in any more than like a handful of cases across the whole country. Um, what we what we know is happening though on a much greater scale is that people are being stopped from voting. So, you know, this yes. is, it's all, it's a ploy to, to keep people from, from voting. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to have to stand in line two or three times to, to, to vote two or three times. It's hard enough <laughs> getting there and standing in line. I go, wait a minute. I'm going to go back to the back of the line. I'm going to try to vote again. What do you think? I would never want to <laughs> right. do that. You know, I mean, who yeah, would? Have you have vote, you get your little sticker that I voted, and you go, oh. You know, it doesn't cross mm-hmm. my mind to go back and vote again. Um, do mm-hmm. you think that the election, this is a personal question, I'm going to ask you this, I, this is really off the grid, but I'm going to ask you, do you think that maybe the election system this time was tampered with and the lack of people who came to the inauguration, it was stunning. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Do you think something went wrong with that, with that voting <laughs> process for the last election? I don't know. It sounds, like you, it sounds like you're talking about fake news, Wanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right, fake news. It, it was, exactly. it was, it was the biggest inauguration in history. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I mean, what do you think? I've never seen anything. Usually you see the inauguration, there's people just all the way, just tons of people, and you go, wow, and you're watching it, and you're enjoying it, and, you're, you know, whoever wins, you still watch it, you know, the sour grapes, well, they won or whatever. This time there are hardly any people there. I mean, yeah. that's kind of strange. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. But but about the question of tampering, um, I mean, I, I just don't know whether if, if if by tampering we're talking about the Russians hacking in or, or something like that. I just I just don't know. But I do think that uh, that these obstacles that uh, have been put in the way of voters mm-hmm. that sort of keep people from using their right to vote that's a kind of tampering. And, yeah, that's and it's what wrong. I'm and and, and I, you need I to really stop that. I, yeah. I, I I can't get with the Russian thing here. I don't know about the Russian thing mm-hmm. because that's that's way out of the realm. I'm just talking about everyday average Americans trying to get out and vote and weren't able to do so because they didn't have the right yeah. uh, ID. And some people were turned away because they didn't have mm-hmm. the right ID. So that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. That sounds more like a TV show right there, espionage kind of thing going on there with the Russian thing. And like, ooh, I mean, people that <laughs> literally wanted to vote but were unable to vote. That's who I'm talking about. And uh, just mm-hmm. said, forget it, you know, and went home. And then some people said they were, uh, they, they felt um, intimidated at some of the polls, too, mm-hmm. uh, by people that were supposed to be watching to make sure that people didn't double dip and vote a few times and that kind of thing. It, 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 was, a, it was just a weird election uh, for me that I, um, mm-hmm. uh, I took, I, I vote, or I do vote. I got, I don't mm-hmm. care, I, I vote. And when I voted this time, I walked in and I walked out. There were no lines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, where's everybody? <laughs> this is easy, <laughs> but it's too easy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just wondering about that. So um, um, you think that that law may be changed uh, um, that, to get that voter uh, 
law changed so everybody can vote again if they want to. Well, we're doing the best that we can. You know, it's with with any legal case. You know, it's it's impossible to predict the outcome. You know, whether we'll win or lose, but we're 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 giving it our best shot. We've been working on this for years, and and we just think that that we, you know, like I said earlier, we think that we should make it easier for people to vote, not not put more and more obstacles in in the way. Um, you absolutely. Know, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Um, I didn't know that you've been in the community or your organization's been since 1920. You said 1920, 1930. Yeah, yeah, we've been around for almost a hundred years. What person? What what person said to themselves, "Hey, you know what? I wanna I wanna start an organization where I help was it to help immigrants or all people have equal rights? Is that?" went through somebody's head, the founder of this organization, that many years. I had not a clue that your organization was that old. And uh, I remember as a kid watching, uh, I probably people don't remember, I'm dating myself, uh, watching uh, All in the Family, and Archie Bunker always mm-hmm. was saying negative things about your organization, but Mike Stivick always oh, said really? positive <laughs> things. You remember those days? You know, and so I had no clue you were around that long. It's just like you just popped out of nowhere it, then in the 70s. You know, the you know, Civil Union, <laughs> Union, you know, remember those days? You know, you guys were <laughs> yeah. like, whoa. But you've been around for so long. How did that, I mean, who thought of this? <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, we, we have been around for a long time. Um, the the people who, who started it, I, I think that their their idea was that the, you know, the United States was founded with these ideals that people would be free in, in all kinds of different ways. And, and, you know, we certainly didn't get it right at first and for a long time in, in all kinds of ways. And so they uh, they created this organization to say, okay, let's try to actually live up to to all of these ideals that are in our constitution and our bill of rights and make sure try to you know work to make sure that people actually can have these rights and, and can use these rights and so the, the the actual work takes a lot of different forms you know as it happened at the time um there were a lot of attacks on immigrants so that was one of the first things that they did i know that um in the you know 20s and 30s, they, they also did a lot of work trying to stop lynchings in the South. Um, so it's, you know, they, one, I guess once you sort of like declare that you're going to try to protect civil rights and civil liberties, all kinds of trouble heads your way. Um, you yeah. know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of work to do. Um, but it's, we've, we, uh, we, we, we sometimes say that our client uh, is, is the Bill of Rights itself, and that okay. um, when when that gets threatened in, in various ways, we, we try to take cases that will uh, set an example and and sort of solve a problem for a, a large group of people. Okay. I'm going to go to a place, a dark place right now. I have to do it. I have to be the devil's advocate. Um Okay. I'm I'm gonna say that okay I'm ready take it yeah you're doing pretty good every night you dish out you're taking it that's good I like that you know you, I haven't stumped you yet um, I'm gonna talk about the trouble in Charlottesville now okay. um, the other side the all is it the all right or what do they what do they call themselves the um, I don't know mm-hmm. I I guess who, the Ku Klux Klan is that what they are I don't know what they call themselves today. But we know what happened in Charlotte. 
And originally mm-hmm. they, tr- they tried to get a permit, and um, they were denied. Uh, they got mm-hmm. in contact with your or- that chapter out there, and they helped them mm-hmm. get a permit to um, march, again, you know, mm-hmm. march. And so, of course, there were pre- protesters out there. And, they, and let, it, let it be known, they had a permit also, too. I know some people were saying that they didn't have a permit, but they had a permit also. Okay, we know what happened. There was violence. Someone lost their life. People were injured terribly by what one person did with a car, and that doesn't make it a bad thing, I mean, for your organization. But I guess the freedom of speech type of, uh, I guess you could say, element came in. Um, mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Tell me about that because I don't. they helped them get the permit because of freedom of speech. Tell me about the freedom of speech um, part of your organization, no matter who it is or whatever, you have to you have to stand up for everybody. So tell me a little bit about that, Chris, if mm-hmm. you, if you can. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm glad that you brought this up because um, it's 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 a it's a hard and, and complicated issue. Um, you know, the, the the woman Heather Heyer lost her life, and other people got mm-hmm. really terribly hurt in Charlottesville, and it was just. On top of those actual injuries, you know, there was this insult of having to watch these bigots in the street with torches. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it sort of calls to mind some of the worst periods in our history and, and makes people feel truly threatened today. And uh, so, so I get that. Um, but part of the ACLU's role in this was that we told the city of Charlottesville that, you know, while they, we thought they could and should look at public safety, uh, they couldn't deny a permit to one of the organizers based only on his viewpoint. And we do that. I know that, you know, this makes people mad sometimes, but we do that because we think that if we let our government deny the right to speak or to have an assembly like this or something like that to people we totally disagree with, which we do in this case, then the government can use that power much more often against the people that we do agree with. Um, so, that's that's the you know the reason that we sometimes ca- take cases like this. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a case you decided to take um, to make a president. You think they were trying to make that everybody has the right to march and protest, no matter who they are or what they believe in. Um, yeah, and and I'm not a lawyer myself, but um, but one of the things that our lawyers, uh, you know, have said in, in explaining this is that sometimes it, it literally is, you know, one week it's a group that you don't like, like these clans people or neo-Nazis or whatever they were in Charlottesville, and the next week it's a group you like called, you know, it might be Black Lives Matter or something like that. And we actually, we spend much, you know, we the majority, the vast majority of our effort and work goes toward helping groups uh, that, that we like and, and agree with, supporting groups like that. But we do to keep to protect the rights of some groups, we sometimes have to protect the rights of the, the ones that we really disagree with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just on a personal note. I found it fascinating that um, uh, there was not a lot of um, police presence, and that's not to say right or wrong. I guess they didn't think any trouble was going to uh, break out at all either. I never would have thought he would have myself. And I never thought that um, I would see um, 
people coming out with uh, guns and rifles and and uh, the shields and stuff and the hats and and the stick. You know, when I first saw it on social media, I thought it was the police. And mm-hmm. so I said, "Oh, the police is trying to control the this 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 uh, march." I said, "Oh, that's a good thing. No one's going to get hurt." When I went to see CNN, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, "Wait a minute! This guy with a hat on is putting some mace in somebody's face, and it didn't look like the police." Mm-hmm. But some of them were wearing outfits like they were the police, and I thought it was the police. Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why there wasn't a bigger police presence. At this um, at this uh, gathering, or or I'm not going to say riot at this um, uh, march. Uh, did you find that kind of strange? They didn't expect any trouble. Well, yeah, I mean it's uh, it it got so complicated there. I mean I, I tried to follow or learn learn more about exactly what happened, and it's just really hard. It's you know it was sort of complicated situation, changing minutes a minute. Um, but yeah, as I understand it, um, the ACLU in Virginia was asking uh, the police to do more to uh, to keep the the peace, you know, to separate the keep the group separate and, and just sort of uh, prevent uh, what uh, you know what ended up happening. Um, so I, I think you know I, I definitely I recognize what terrible things happened, you know, the fact that someone was killed and, and, and these other people got hurt. Um, but I do think that, I mean, one thing that I am taking some encouragement from myself is that I think that uh, maybe everybody probably didn't need this, uh, you know, this reminder that these hateful people are out there. But mm-hmm. since this happened, we have seen a, a really strong reaction uh, from people coming out saying this is terrible and we need to stop this. Unfortunately, we didn't really hear that clearly from the president. But these these guys with their torches and their Nazi symbols and what, all the rest of that stuff, they kind of force people to take sides, and almost nobody takes their side. Uh, well, so yeah. I, I think, well, some have. Yeah. Some are, but uh... <laughs> some have. But I mean, you know, with in 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 Boston the next weekend. After after the, the the violence in Charlottesville, they tried to do the same thing again, and they were um, outnumbered. It was almost a thousand to one by mm-hmm. counter protesters. You know, people saying, "Get out of here with your hate." Um, so I think that this has been, you know, for people who needed it, I think that this has been a kind of wake up call that we need to take this yeah. really seriously. Um, oh, and oh, and and these people as. As hard as it is to let them have their marches, uh, you know, I, I know that they're never going to return that favor and to stick up for other people's rights, but I think that we have to let them do it because they're their own worst enemies. You know, people see how hateful they are, and most decent people uh, turn away from them and, and even work to oppose them. You're, you're right, and, and I can tell you the best thing that came out of this was the fact that they did show their faces and we knew who they were. Um, that some of them had lost their jobs. Um, uh, some of them had been arrested. That one guy that was before the, uh, afterwards was kind of bragging about the violence, and now he's in jail. Yeah. So that's one good thing about that. That you know, I you know, that they did show their faces. They didn't have hoods on. We never know who did what, but um, mm-hmm. that was a good thing that that people were able to see who was out there uh, doing this, and they and they weren't ashamed 
ashamed to show their faces. So that's a good thing. We know who to go after. So that was one good thing mm-hmm. that uh, came after this, um, this incident right here. So, I, you know, I believe in what you're doing. I mean, um, I believe it. you you got to give everybody their, their rights. And uh, what happens happens, and I'm, I hope it, it dies down. But also there has been a trend of um, hate crimes in this country uh, while the election was uh, – debate election was going on between Hillary Clinton and also Trump. There were more and more hate crimes um, being uh, perpetrated against victims. And they were warning mm-hmm. the government and warning people about this that, you know, this was about to explode anyway because more and more people were being violated uh, with hate crimes. Mm-hmm. They, they they just escalated. Mm-hmm. They said over 100%. So I think maybe mm-hmm. they had they knew it, it was going to happen. Have you heard that? Has your organization heard that at all? Because I, I heard those statistics. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it doesn't – I don't know if this uh, answers, you know, what you were saying, but, I mean, I, I think that it doesn't do – any good, and it might actually do harm to to drive people like this or a movement like this underground, because then right. it's uh, you know you then who knows what they're up to you know they're kind of lurking on the internet or you know kind of attacking people one to one or you know something like that. I, I, I think that we unfortunately, as, as awful as it is and as ugly as it is, we need to see it, um, and it's it's better to have it out in the open. And, Sunlight is yes. the best disinfectant. So you know, yeah, let them let them show. Yeah, let them show who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let us see. And they weren't ashamed to source to see them. So we weren't ashamed to look either. And I, I got, I looked at everyone, <laughs> everybody I could in the crowd. Do I know him or her? It was women out there too. You know, I do do it. I'm not living next door to you, are. You know, but I got to give them credit yeah. for that. They showed their faces. So hey, we know. Who to look out for the ones that don't show their faces scared me the most. So um, right. they were bold enough to do that. So we're we're, we're going to get off that because that's something uh, that really bothered me. Um, mm-hmm. You do a lot of things in the community of Milwaukee, and uh, you do some really good things. And um, you protect our freedom of speech, which is awesome, you know. And um, you help people. Um, when they're in trouble, and your service is free, and mm-hmm. uh, you can't take all the cases because you know you have so many lawyers. I want to know what kind of criteria. If I came to you with, with, I felt like I was being discriminated against, or um, uh, what type of cr- criteria do I have to have for you to take on my case? And let's say I had a case of, um, 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 do you take on sexual harassment cases? Um, yeah, we, we do. It, it, it's hard to give a one size fits all answer to that question, mm-hmm. but in a, in a general way, something that would, um, that would help the chances of our taking a case are, you know, if, if, if something happened to you that was happening to a lot of different people, um, oh, so that if we, if we took your case and we won, it would set a precedent that would, I that would help it. lots of other people. That that would help. Um, it's uh, you know we, we we have to sort of look at everyone uh, right. individually. You know, there's there's not a you know there's not a formula for it that works every the same every every time. But but in a in a really general way, you know, we try to take cases that will not just 
uh, be about one person, but that'll have a pretty broad impact. Uh, on, other, so that's, on other people. Uh, you know, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That you're helping as many people as you can. You may take that one case, but it'll it'll set a precedence for everybody that 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 has happened to. And you can do you help get laws um, to come about laws against certain things? Do you help with that also too? Yeah, yeah. We try to get laws that we think will help pass. We try to stop the bad ones. Um, you know, right now. I think both uh, nationally and here in Wisconsin, we feel like we're uh, we're not in control. <laughs> um, but because uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that have been passed that we don't think are good for people's rights and, and liberties. But um, but yeah, that's you know the the, the legislative arena is, is somewhere else mm-hmm. that uh, that we work and and we try you know one thing that we try to do. Um, with uh, all our members and supporters around the state and around the country is to get them involved. You know, we give people, if, if people get on our email list, you know, we, we let you know about uh, when you can write to your elected officials about uh, passing a law or trying to stop something. Um, we try to, you know, we, we do try to, uh, we don't just work in court. We try to uh, get good laws or, and stop, stop bad laws too. It's, it sounds like to me it's like being an activist, but having a, the legal know-how how to uh, protect people's rights. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, Am I well, right or wrong? It's, it's, well, you're, it's, you're, you're right, and it's, um, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's both, actually. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times, one of the things that, that makes uh, victories in court possible, or at least that helps things along, is when – there's a lot of activism and organizing going on outside the courtroom. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think that that's uh, in the case of, uh, of gay marriage, for instance, that's, that's kind of how that came to be. You know, for a lot of people 15 years ago, it seemed like something that like, Oh, well maybe that'll happen someday in the 22nd century or something like that. But by to, uh, through a combination of working in courts and just trying to change people's minds, uh, in a you know in a relatively short period of time, that kind of paved the way for that um, that win, um, and 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 I think that you kind of saw something similar with the Muslim travel ban. Uh, it, it didn't hurt that when that went to court, that there were these you know thousands of people came out came to airports and were outside the courtrooms, saying you know do the right thing, stop this, shut this down. Um, you know the judges are are human, and, and I think that's. Um, you know, they, they see uh, where you know, public opinion is, is on, on issues, and sometimes sometimes that helps. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm going to go back to something you just said, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the gay marriage. Um, mm-hmm. Is it legal here to, 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 for, uh, for uh, gay, gay people to get married in Milwaukee? Yeah, um, in fact, it okay, is so thanks to the the ACLU of Wisconsin. We won that uh, case in okay. 2014, and um, we won it. The national ACLU won it the, the year after that in 2015. Okay, I have a question about that. Um, it it seemed mm-hmm. like it happened so fast. So, how long have you been fighting for this right? Because it seemed like it just happened like overnight. I know one one minute it was there, next minute it was gone. One minute it was there, next day it was gone, and then it was there, and then it was long. Uh, so, how did that work? Um, 
Now, you can get married in any state you want now. Is that correct? Right, right. Great. Okay, great. Well, you know, so, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm, wait, I'm waiting on you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you said the word that it seemed like it happened overnight because it, what it reminded me of is that saying that, um, that sometimes overnight success takes a really long time. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's how I think of this. Uh, we actually, the ACLU uh, took its first gay marriage case in 1971. So really? we started that a long time ago. Yeah. So, and it wasn't the same people, but, you know, we started working on on this a long time ago and for a long time, it didn't really get much traction, but we, you know, we kept at it. We and other, you know, other, other groups, just individual people who cared about this. And, and over time, we kind of wore away the resistance uh, to that um, until eventually you know, Massachusetts in, in 2003 became the first state where a court said, yeah, people have this right. And so then once there was this one example and the sky didn't fall, like the, you know, the opponents of this said that it would, it kind of, it started to make an impression and it, uh, you know, gradually uh, more states started to do it. People could see that it was helping people. It wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, all these warnings that that, uh, that the other side used uh, were not coming true. And so even though it seems to happen pretty quickly, uh, it was, you know, there was actually a lot of work uh, that went into this over, uh, you know, a long period of, of years and even decades. There, there are people who've yeah. spent their whole lives working on this. I had no clue. So do you think Obama had a lot to do with that? I'm not yeah, going to give him he, all the credit really... now because you guys were on the front line. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and give that man all the credit. If you've been working on this since <laughs> 1970, he only came in office, and I love him to death. But did he kind of help push it along a little? He gave you just a little push. You think so? Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did. You know, he uh, he eventually uh, came around and, and supported it in early 2012, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was facing re-election. He didn't have to do that. Uh, some probably no, some didn't. politicians would. Yeah, some politicians probably would have played it safe and stayed away from it. But he he I think did the right thing, and 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 that definitely helped. You know, I don't mean no harm, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't like to put my personal thing in there. Uh, since Trump has been in there, um, he's tried to overturn everything that, may, uh, that Obama did that made sense. Uh, do you think he mm-hmm. would try to uh, change that law, or can he? Well, well, I, I don't think that he can just. Uh, well, it's it's, <laughs> it's dangerous yeah, to yeah, say. You know, yeah, what yeah, Trump, that's what I mean. Yeah, I don't want, want to or, or, yeah. or try to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the the real danger is, or the the greatest and maybe most long lasting danger is what he could do on the Supreme Court if he you know, he's already yeah. had a chance to get one of his justices appointed, and if depending on what happens in the next few years, if he gets more and and there are uh, people who are not friendly to people to other people's civil rights, uh, you know, we, one thing that we say at the ACLU is that the battles never stay won. So whether it's um, marriage or uh, lots of other issues, you know, we, we you kind of have to keep your guard up. Um, yeah. And I yeah, think, you know, we, we've, we've seen that. In, 
Yeah, yeah, and you know we've we've seen we've we've seen it and we saw that just in Charlottesville. You know who yep. the Nazis? You know they were just defeated in 1945. Good riddance. Yeah. But here they are. You know here they are coming yeah. back. And and we you know we've seen that with a lot of racial issues. You know there's progress, but then there's there's steps back. It's uh, it's complicated and and it's kind of always in flux. And that's why we need uh, we need people to you know to support uh organizations like 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 this one i you know we're really grateful for for the people who who become members of the aclu and and help us out yeah that's that's awesome i'm and so now i'm going to shift gears because the main mm-hmm. reason why i wanted to talk to you and that and you went to the meeting tonight what is going on with the milwaukee police department what is this um i was watching uh i was doing something and I had a TV on and someone was uh, shot today. He didn't die. Uh, the police shot him. What is going on with these shootings of, um, of and I'm, I'm, it's mainly African American, but now um, other races are being killed too. Remember the young lady who was supposed to get married and she got shot and we never found out what happened with that, why she was killed or something. The police came out. I mean, it's not just it, it, it's happening. We hear more about it happening to our our African American men, but believe it or not, it's happening to a lot of people that the media isn't really picking up on that. Do you agree with me on that? Well, um, I guess it's it's kind of hard to talk about in in general, but you know, we yeah. and I also didn't have a chance to follow the news today about the the shooting. No, no, no. no. Just, I just the, said you know, just that was off the cuff. Somebody was shot. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the person yeah. did. I don't know what. But uh, what is going on where I remember when uh, you um, were apprehended and taken to jail and then you had a court thing and uh, you went to jail or whatever or you didn't do it or you did do it. Now it seems like to me, in my estimation, that people are, they don't even, you know, shoot first and ask questions. Last, and I understand that their job is hard. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. If I was a police officer, mm-hmm. you know, if I thought somebody had a gun, they were going to kill me, and I wasn't going to make it home to my loved ones that night, maybe I would do something like that. I don't know. I'm not in that situation. I can't call it. But it's happening more times than not that um, that some, a, a lot of times they're unarmed, or that I thought my life is in danger. Uh, what's going mm-hmm. on with that? you think, in your estimation, with this organization? What is the trend that you're seeing? Because you have a lawsuit against well, the Milwaukee Police Department. Yeah, and, I mean, our lawsuit doesn't um, doesn't focus on, on the, the shootings. Uh, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. The, the, one that, the one that we talked about tonight at this event that we mentioned at the start of the show was, was more about racial profiling. But I think that those, right, those things right. are related because – you know, we on on one hand or at one level, we have this problem of of the police apparently, in in a lot of cases, uh, stopping people just based on their race, and then right. at the at, a, at at the level where it becomes you know where there is some kind of altercation, whether it's mm-hmm. you know a beating or shooting or something like that, the people bearing the brunt of of that often are, are people of color too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, I think that you know these are um, it's it's reflections of the same problem. I mean the the it's we we need to we need to 
to to look at this and and to get away from uh, you know so, uh, many of these encounters between police and and civilians just shouldn't be happening in in the first place. Right. Uh, that's 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 at the core of of what we're um, of the the case that that we brought. You know, we the police shouldn't shouldn't be stopping pe- so many people without a, a really good reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Provocation, yeah, yeah, that's true mm-hmm. because. In my, in, you know, in our world, if you're looking for trouble, you're probably going to find it. And if you're stopping everybody, somebody's somebody's got something, you know, may have something, a ticket or whatever, and they get scared and they flee or what have you, uh, you mm-hmm. know. So you can't stop everybody, you know, because you think mm-hmm. uh, they they may do mm-hmm. something wrong, and then that situation can turn horribly wrong. In a, in a lot of cases mm-hmm. that it does, people are scared. They're fearful. You know, they, you know, if you get stopped mm-hmm. by the police, my God, maybe he's going to shoot me. Maybe he think I got a gun, or maybe, you know, what should I do? You know, put my hands on the wheel and don't move. What? How can I help you, officer? <laughs> you know, don't move. I got my hands mm-hmm. on the wheel. What? 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 Why are you stopping me? I think it's the best thing to say. You know, you know, protect yourself. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's it's hard. Um, um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, and and as as an example of that, you know, the the terrible case of Philando Castile from the from Minnesota last year, you know, was probably an example of this. You know, the the police didn't really have a reason to stop him. I mean, if I remember right, it was just like some simple, relatively minor thing, like they said yeah. he didn't signal or I don't know, you know, something like that, and and he ends up dead. Uh, right. For no reason, you know that's that's a, a sort of unf- yeah, a terrible but but perfect example of of why we need to stop the racial profiling problem because sometimes it can lead to you know to something even worse. Well, the thing that's so frightening about that situation, and I'm glad you brought that one up because it was kind of it was taped on cell phone, and um, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, a fiance, was up front with him, and. Um, he told them that he, you know, he had the concealed weapon, and she's right there, and she literally saw him just shoot him and shoot him over and over again, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. taped it, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he didn't even do anything. Mm-hmm. He's telling you right. I got something. He didn't whip it out and go here. I gotta go, you know. And with the concealed mm-hmm. weapon thing, um, and he had a permit. I don't know. Were you involved with that too? Because that's scary to me. I mean. That people can carry guns out in the open, and they did that with the Charlottesville uh, thing. They were, they had they had the right to carry those rifles and those guns, and we didn't know if we were gonna, they were going to use them or not. They could very well could have. That's frightening mm-hmm. to me. How did that law come about? Did you get involved in that? The the concealed carry law, or the or you can have it out and oh, I don't know what you call it, but you can just have your gun out. Like in the Western days, mm-hmm. you know, they used to just carry their guns out mm-hmm. and they could be ready any minute to shoot somebody. That's how I see it. Were yeah. you involved with that at all? Well, your organization in a in a in the in a general way, we think that uh, that there should be reasonable gun control. Um, you know, the 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 First Amendment, uh, for instance, you know, which is the one about free speech. Uh, and freedom of religion basically says like free speech and freedom of religion shall not be abridged. Um, 
if the, the people who wrote our constitution, if they wanted to say that so clearly about the right to keep and bear arms, they could have, they could have done that. But they, you know, if you actually look at the language, it's kind of complicated. And they say like the, well, you know, they talk about a well, sorry, a well-regulated militia, you know, they they put that, they thought about these words carefully and and it does say well-regulated. So we, you know, we think that uh, the right to bear arms is we say it's a, a collective right, uh, not necessarily an individual right, or at least that that there can be reasonable uh, restrictions on uh, or reasonable limits on, on, on right, right. The so use many, and purchasing people, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so many people now uh, f- feel that you know I got I I have a right to carry a gun. I I don't talk to some people and they uh, you know. It's in my purse. I walk around with it in my purse. I'd be afraid because my purse is always a mess, and I would, I would touch the gun and it would go off and shoot me or something. Because I always my purse has got all kind of junk in it, and people are carrying the guns, you know, underneath their, their, um, you know, cars. And we've been hearing about incidents where children have gotten those guns and shot themselves, and you know the the safety isn't on, you know, uh, so. Um, the guns are just everywhere. It's laying around the house. Oh, my gun's just laying over there, you know, like it's a piece of furniture or something, you know, and I'll be ready when that person comes through the door. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just really, I feel like we're going back to the wild, wild west days where everybody just had their gun right. strapped to the side, and if there was any trouble, I feared for my life. I shot him. Okay, get out of jail free card. That, I mean, but some people might say, hey, you know, that's not America. America says I can carry my gun. This is America. I can carry whatever I want. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's my free freedom of speech, my gun. I can carry my gun mm-hmm. wherever I go. If I feel like I feel threatened, I can use it. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we don't think so. Um, <laughs> you know, we think that there there's definitely there's definitely a place to have you know some reasonable rules and, and restrictions on, yeah, uh, yeah. Know, and, on how many you can and, buy and how you can use exactly them, you can exactly use and, and nobody get mad at me or, or talk about me saying I'm going to take away everybody's gun I didn't say that there's some responsible gun <laughs> owners out there to keep keep it away from children and keep a lock on it. And 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 go to the range and know how to work it properly and and they're gonna teach uh, young adults how to use the gun properly. So don't get me wrong. I'm not talking. This is not for you. This is not. This is for irresponsible people that's just having the gun hang out anywhere and a child gets to it and get hurt. So believe me, I'm not saying to go out and take everybody's gun away. You know, uh, because I could. Mm-hmm. You know, I. If I could, I would. In England, uh, and they don't have. They don't carry guns, do they? Yeah, that's that's what I understand. Um, they don't have and, any you know, guns. Yet, they don't yet have another, any. I, I think they probably do for like you know special operations, you know, or right, like terrorist right, attack situation or something right, like that. Right. But yeah, not, not not just every not just every cop on the on the beat. Right, they have like a club or something, but um, yeah. um, they don't have guns. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what their murder rate is. Uh, there, but it can't be too high. <laughs> you know, no one has a gun. <laughs> and I, again, I'm going to make this clear. I didn't say we should. Everybody should have their gun taken away. It's not. It's not my place to say. You know, it's. It's not. Me personally, for me, that doesn't work for me. But I'm just saying, you, everybody got to speak for themselves. So don't get me wrong. I'm trying to take everybody's gun away. Those next thing you know, Wanda's trying to collect everybody's gun. No, I'm not trying to collect everybody's <laughs> gun. 
I just want mm-hmm. I just want to be more responsible, you know, with guns because they are hurting our children and our family members because, you know, people get mad. Alcohol has a lot to do with it too. You get mad, you go get the gun. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. you don't know what you're doing. Right. It happens. And it life happens. Mm-hmm. Um we're running a little bit out of time. I want you to go through some of the things that you want to get a point across about your organization that we really need to know. We know it's free. If uh, We know it's free, and you do help in the community. Um, what other things that you do, uh, Chris? Well, um, one other case that uh, it might be good to talk about is, um, you know, we, we've all, we're, we're suing the state of Wisconsin uh, over the treatment of kids uh, in uh, detention at these two facilities near called um, Lincoln Hills and Copper Lake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, and they're mm-hmm. they're they're mainly African American teenagers from uh, the Milwaukee area who are then taken. I think it's like 175 miles away. And they've, for years, um, they've been subjected to just terrible treatment there. You know, uh, these kids, yes, you know, they, they have had run-ins with the law, but they're um, put in solitary confinement. They've been, um, the, the pepper spray that hikers can buy to use against bears, that, that was used against some of these kids sometimes while they were shackled. So oh um, they have a lawsuit to, yeah, to stop that. Um, and um <clears throat> sorry, I just need to drink some water here. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why are you um, drinking some we, water? I'm gonna add something to that. <laughs> I'm gonna add something to that, Chris, because okay. um I had talked to some people about that that issue. I thought it was going to be shut down. Is that correct? Well, um we had a breakthrough in court, uh just in I think it was towards the end of June and uh, <clears throat> the judge in the case really agreed with uh, a lot of what we, uh, what we had asked uh, for. And so the judge said that the, uh, you know, that these, these places, Lincoln Hills, Copper Lake, they need to stop doing these terrible things that they had been doing. And so there's this process that's kind of unfolding now to, um, you know, to, for, they have a chance to make some changes. So we're, you know, we're watching that closely to see if, um, if it, if the situation actually improves. Mm -hmm. My thing is, is there such a thing as re- rehabilitation? If these kids are there, um, I think it should be structured more not towards so much of punishment but of rehabilitation like education, make sure they get their GED or, or they get their high school diploma, mm-hmm. uh, give them some type of skill. So they're going to get out eventually. That's, a, that's the one yeah. thing they're going to keep in mind. They're going to get out. One day, one mm-hmm. one one way or another, and we see that, especially with the the rise in the uh, carjackings, it's not stopping. So it's like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, shouldn't it be a, a, a rehabilitation center where um, teach them that they can do more than um, crime, and uh, mm-hmm. instead of punishment? I mean, these are still kids. Again, they're gonna get out. Either they're gonna get mm-hmm. out worse and commit more crimes and come back, or we could stop that cycle, find out why they're doing these crimes, and give them some rehabilitation and teach them how to uh, survive in this um, society. So what do you, what do you think mm-hmm. of that? Yeah, I, I really agree. I mean, I think, like you said, most of the people in our prisons are going to get out eventually someday. And so we need to think, we need to be smarter about this and think, 
when when they come out, you know, what would be better? Would it be better for them to, you know, just like sat in a cell for years and years, or would it be better for them to get some kind of, you know, learn some skills or, you know, something like that? Uh, you know, I think it'd be clear. Uh, I think it's clear that some kind of rehabilitation would be better. And uh, I know we're running out of time, but, you know, we think that the, the drug war is a, a huge yeah. example of, of this, the wrong approach. You know, we should, instead of treating it as this criminal problem, we should treat it as a health issue. And instead of locking people up by the you know, hundreds of thousands, we should be you know, offering treatment for, for addiction. That's, that's the, the way to, to, to address those. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something to you. I was a drug and alcohol counselor, and um, I got out of it. Uh, yeah, I got out of it before uh, uh, the heroin uh, crisis started to happen. And my personal feeling is is that you know, um, a lot there's so many different kind of drugs that people are taking today. My goodness, it's hard to even keep up with it. But the heroin thing, I that's a toughie because I feel that once your body chemistry gets addicted to that drug is very difficult to stop. And um you can only you can you can keep them in treatment for so long and then when they get out that craving happens and they go right back to it. Mm-hmm. I believe in treatment, but um it's going to have to start with kindergarten saying, "Hey, you can't don't even play with this. This is this is. I think a lot of people don't think how understand how dangerous that drug is. It's a very dangerous drug, very addicting drug, very hard to get off. Um, no, I don't think it should be criminalized, but um, treatment has to be really intense for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with that? Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, defer to your, you know, you know more about this than I do. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's uh, we, we don't, we shouldn't or probably can't treat all the drugs the same. It's mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, the same, the same solution may not work for every single drug. But um, yeah. Yeah. in the case of marijuana, at least, you know, like uh, we, we think that that, you know, should, should be legalized um, because it, it just doesn't harm a lot of people. Um, and it, it just not doesn't make any sense to be locking so many people up over over a, you know a, a pretty harmless drug. Well, well yeah, um, I think that um, I don't know. Um, sh- should it be legal here? I don't know. I don't know if medical marijuana is legal here. I think you can get it here. Is it? Can you get that here now? I'm not sure. Uh, huh? Medical marijuana. Medical marijuana. I don't think so. I mean, I, th- I think that there there might be a way to get like one extract from it or something like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. But, I know yeah. that it's yeah it's legal in Colorado. I know that. Um, my brother mm-hmm. lived there, and he said, you know, people would just light up in a bar or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, where you're sitting there having a drink, all of a sudden you smell. Everybody doesn't want to smell marijuana, just like everybody doesn't want to smell cigarette smoke. Um, it is legal right. there. Um, I think it can be used for medicinal purposes, though, um, and uh, the THC can be taken out of it, so you don't get that high effect from it. And so it is. It does. I think it has. It, it definitely has uh, medicinal purposes. Um, it's been on this, on this earth for so long. Uh, the Indians used it, you know, 
and it's not just people think you just want to get high and get bombed out of your mind, but it, but it does. You can't take that THC out of it, and the, and the extract can't help people. You know, doesn't. But yeah. look on the other side. If you're taking oxycontin, oxycontin, you get high off of that, and that mm-hmm. doesn't really help with the pain. I, I don't. I don't think it does. It just you just need more and more and more and more and more of it to get that same effect. But um, all these all these issues are so tough. I would hate to be the one that has to make a decision about it. You know what we should do and what we can't do and what we we. we we can do, but I know that Sessions um, is trying to cut all of it out. Uh, I think he would like to go back to prohibition if he could. No alcohol either, and we see how we saw yeah. how that worked out. <laughs> he wants to go back well, to yeah, and, and that's, yeah, and that that didn't work, and that's that's what we have right now with with all the right. other drugs. Um, and they're you know they're yeah. not all the same, but um, but but you know create, driving it all underground isn't yeah. working. Yeah. Uh, and, um, Absolutely. So, do you think you're gonna, uh, whatever, do a lawsuit um, to make marijuana legal here for medicinal purpose at least, or uh, what do you think? Because I think since the this is this is my theory, and maybe five or six years ago, uh, uh, if 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 we're around five or six years from now, I don't know what Trump's trying to do. <laughs> You would say Wanda was right. Okay, what I'm saying is that's going to be our biggest manufacturing boom is going to be marijuana because our our uh, the manufacturing is gone. Okay, that's all overseas. I don't care what he says, coming back is not coming back. We're go, we're getting into robotics where they're replacing all kind of people. Uh, those jobs are gone. They're not coming back. That crop. People are buying it. Uh, people want it, and it's safer. You know, if you know what's in it, you, you don't know what is in it off the street. If you regulate it, and it has to have so much, it isn't so much of that. Right. I feel it's going to be our uh, our bread and butter in this country. And I know people probably say she's out of her mind. No, I would never use it. <laughs> That's all we got. Basically, <laughs> everybody's jobs are being eliminated. By machines and and, and 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 things. What else is it gonna? Do? What else can we do? You know, what do you well, think? You know, That's I, a great I, idea. I, I, I def- well, I definitely think you're onto something. I mean, I think that we should tax and regulate marijuana. Right. Certainly, a drug like marijuana, like we do alcohol. You know, prohibition right. didn't work with alcohol. It it makes much more sense to tax it. And, and regulate it, and that's exactly what we, you know, what the ACLU thinks that we should do with um, with, a, with a drug like marijuana. And make it safe. You know, I the alcohol, you can get alcohol anywhere you want, more than, you know, maybe 24 mm-hmm. hours a day if you want to. I don't drink, so mm-hmm. that don't bother me. Some people drink, some people don't, just like with marijuana. Some people are going to use marijuana, a lot of people aren't, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it was regulated. Just because alcohol is readily available to to everybody. Everybody is not in a bar drinking alcohol or going to the liquor store. And I think it's going to get that type of a thing because, you know, we can't get rid of alcohol. There's no way. It's just it's not going to happen. But then they feel like the genie will be let out of the bottle with the with the marijuana uh, thing going on there. And, but I think the main is that you could, you could grow. It's a plant. You can grow your own. 
you know, you mm-hmm. can, you know what I'm saying, like your baby or something, like you grow your fern or something. You can grow your own. <laughs> <laughs> who's the government can't regulate that? <laughs> you grow your own in the house. It's safe. There's no chemicals. There's nothing. You know, it's natural. It's a natural plant. You know, so I don't. I don't know. That's just one of my one of my theories, uh, Chris. Forgive me. I'm just gone off the deep end there. Probably going to get a lot of people yelling at yeah, me. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yelling at me, and uh, so that's okay. You know, I, I can handle it. I can handle it. But you know, we, we get we got to think to the future. You know, uh, of of survival in this country, as far as jobs go, because of if computers and 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 drones and uh, drivable drivable cars that, uh, that don't need that, which I can't wait for that to happen when I get in the car and say, "Look, take me here," and there's no person in there and it's quiet and <laughs> play my own music and go where I want to go. I think I'm gonna like that. You have to do with no taxi driver. You know, they're not yelling at you. They're not talking on the phone loud. Where I can hear their conversation. I mean, you know, just nobody. Just car takes me where I want to go. No more, no more taxi cab drivers. No more Uber, Uber, no nothing. Because it's gonna get to that point. We gotta look to the future. So. Um, I'm a futuristic person, so forgive me, forgive me. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you have the last word, and uh, if you'd like to thank anybody in your organization, what's coming up next, do you have any upcoming events, um, you were talking to a crazy person, yeah. with me, you know me, <laughs> you said yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said yeah. Well, so I was like, well, go ahead, <laughs> tell me what you got going on, and uh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Chris off. Well, thank you, thank you for the you know for having me on the show. Like it's, a, it's it's been great talking to you. And um, you know for your for your listeners who liked what they heard. I mean anybody who isn't already who wants to be a member of the ACLU, anybody can join. It's it's twenty dollars a year, or for people like students or people on a limited income, you can join for just five dollars. Um, so we want everybody who cares about these these rights and liberties to to be with us because we're you know we're definitely in. A serious fight now with all the, you know, we've got all the problems that have been with us for generations, but everything's been kind of, or a lot of things have been turned up a couple of notches by the, the new administration. So we, you know, we really uh, need and appreciate people's support. Um, and uh, in, in terms of what's coming up, uh, we're going to keep, you know, we, we told Donald Trump that we'd see him in court if he tried to pass some of these crazy things that he threatened last year, and then we're going to keep on doing that. And um, for people here in, uh, in Milwaukee uh, or, or Wisconsin, actually, you know, if you follow us on social media, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, or for people in other parts of the country, of course, the National ACLU, you can follow us there. You can get on our email list. Um, here in Wisconsin, our website is aclu-wi.org, and uh, we'll have uh, information there on a pretty regular basis and on our Facebook and Twitter accounts uh, about new stuff that's coming up. Okay. Uh, we have a call. Does the caller want to ask a question at all? No. That's, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Chris Ott. You were fabulous, like I told you you would be. Great answers. I didn't stump you at all. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> there. You said everything. Oh, you said well, all the right yeah. things. Well, thanks. You asked great questions. Um, and thanks, thanks again. This is great. Oh, I'm you're glad, welcome. You know, you're you know, welcome. We, we, we met, you know, we met, like, what, two months ago at Savoy, and I'm glad that we, uh, we uh-huh. had this happen. Yeah, I wanted to because I've always been fascinated with it. But now that I know you've been around since uh, 1930, 
Wow, you guys have been working. Okay, that's a long time. Again, Chris Ott, I want to thank you so much. You're fabulous. I'm going to join your organization. I'll be out there. I don't know if I'm going to march or not. I think my back will start hurting or something, but I'll be out there. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do want to join. I'd like to say thank you again, Chris. This is Wanda Williams. Yeah, thank you, Wanda. Internet, you're welcome on Internet Cafe. I will be back again and much love. Bye bye now. Bye. Thanks. You're welcome.